0: Yes, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. So excited, man. This is episode 10. We in this boy. Listen, I've really been thinking about dwelling on one of the segments from last episode, specifically the segment on the effects of coveting the world and you know I've really been striving these these last few days to really be grateful and just have a heart of praise and thanks to God for not just what he's done but what he's doing right now and I just begin to really think about how it's so easy to get distracted especially in the social media era, the information age where, you know, we have so much access to other people's lives or their perceived lives. You know, you can't jump on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter without someone showing intimate details of their lives. And and as a result, I think that it naturally creates a culture that is bent on comparing itself to one another or people comparing themselves to one another. And so when I look at social media, I just think of social media as a bunch of unhappy people trying to convince unhappy people that they're happy. (laughs) And, and so I've really just been really checking my own heart, you know, because it's easy to get caught up in what others have or what, what you think they have. And I'm just learning, you can't be content and grateful while at the same time envious and coveting what other what others have and so man I've I've just been learning to really depend on God and and focus on the scripture where it says godliness with contentment is great game and you know those who keep their mind stayed on him he will keep them in perfect peace and and so I've really been just striving to keep my mind on the Lord. But man, listen, I, I'm, I'm excited about today's show because I have a new segment that I'm introducing today called Who's on the Call? And just to kind of give you guys some back uh, background on, on where this, this segment came from, I've been listening to the feedback, you know, I've been listening to the feedback about the show and I've been hearing all of the, the wonderful feedback I've been getting and and, and you guys have been sharing how the show has been blessing you. But one of the, the consistent suggestions that I've heard is, man, Gabe, we want to hear you interview people. We want to hear you interview people. So I thought to myself, okay, I don't want this to just be like a traditional show where I just interview people who are hot in the culture or, you know, interview somebody i don't know just because others want me to interview them and so i wanted to i wanted it to be organic to who i am and what one of the points that i'm always striving to drive on this show and that is the importance of fellowship the importance of accountability and so with who's on the call segment which i'm not sure if it's going to be a segment that i implement every show but who's on the call will be me chopping it up dialoguing with close friends of mine individuals who represent my accountability circle and so it's not going to just be me interviewing someone who says they're a Christian that I have no personal relationship with but who who's on the call will will literally basically be a recorded telephone telephone conversation or a recorded conversation that I have with close friends. And so it won't be something, it'll be like you're a fly on the wall and you're getting to hear me dialogue with c- close friends of mine who also represent accountability to me. And so the, the guest today, the first who who who's on the call guest ever is gonna be none other than my brother Doug Douglas Rogers, A.K.A. Reed B. Versus. Most of you guys know him as Reed B. Versus. He's an amazing rapper, but I think he's an even more amazing Christian and father and husband. And so we're going to be talking um, about the importance of sitting down to grow. You know, one of the problems I see often in the church, and I've kind of, you guys have been hearing me talk about this on the show. One of the problems I I, I think we have in the church is we put people in the spotlight or on the stage too fast. And so I really want to talk about the importance of sitting down to grow, you know, stepping away from the stage, not not having to go through your maturing process with a microphone in your hand. And so I want to talk about that with Doug. He's going to share his testimony later. And I'm super excited about it. But listen um i began to think about something um most of you guys are familiar with the new the passing of the new law in new york for full-term abortions right and you know so if you don't know new york recently passed a law to allow abortion abortions up to nine months now you know and 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 so with the passing of this law, you know, I, I, I witnessed and observed social media get lit on fire with this news. And so I saw people who never talked about abortion or never were fed up with abortion ever in their lives or on social media from what I've watched, get upset and angry about this new law as if America, hasn't already been killing thousands of of babies a day <laughs> you know but with this new this new law i f- i think that it's just a elevation or a progression of the evil that has already been been taking place in our country and so i begin to really think about abortion and how a lot of times we as christians or or us who profess to be christians can be caught up in the middle of popular opinion and what the bible says about an issue you know you know i've i've seen christians who who stand on one side and they're saying man abortion is a sin you know we have to fight for the unborn and then i see Christians on the other side who say, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with abortion, but I understand certain circumstances, like if the woman is in a impoverished situation and she's not going to be able to properly take care of the baby or she was raped. And so I see Christians and, and, and people's people actually um, compromising or reasoning with killing an innocent unborn baby, an actual human life. And so it, it, it made me think, you know, about my father's testimony. And I've never shared this with with, with um, a lot of my followers or, or anything, you know, it's something that I just haven't really talked about. You know, and it's not because I'm not trying to talk about it. I'll talk about it if it comes up. But I think about my father situation. You know, a lot of people say, man, well, what if the woman is raped? First and foremost, we have to understand that abortions because of rape usually only make up about one to two percent of abortions. Let that sink in for a minute. And I'm not trying to get political or or Republicans versus Democrats. I'm just trying to, I'm talking about right and wrong. In a biblical worldview, as it relates to this topic. And so I begin to think like the one to 2% is only of rape. But let's just say if a woman was raped. How should we be thinking about this as a Christian? And so I begin to think about my father's testimony and I'll just share with you guys. You know, my father was conceived by rape. My grandfather um, slipped something into my grandmother's drink and my dad was conceived. So here it is. My, My grandmother was raped. Oh, and I didn't mention that my grandmother was dirt poor. They were extremely poor. And so my dad according to today's present standard was actually the perfect candidate for abortion. And and I think and and I'm and I and I want you guys to think about this. I think Our problem when we approach this topic is we try to play God. Like since the beginning, that has been man's problem. Trying to exert his authority over God's authority, his way above God's way. And so, yes, it's messed up that. My grandmother was raped, but even though my father was conceived through rape, when my father was just a fetus or a seed or a baby in his mother's womb, he was a separate individual from my grandfather, even though my grandfather, the way, he, the, the way my grandfather Conceived, my father was evil. That does not take away the fact that God has purpose for every seed. And so I think it's important for us to understand this that God finds purpose in the worst of situations because despite how we get here, that does not negate the fact that God has purpose. In the seed or in the child. Psalms 127 and verse three says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Proverbs six, verse 16 through 17 says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him haughty eyes, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. And so regardless of how my father was conceived, God had purpose in the seed. Now, if what if my grandmother was listen or looked at her circumstance and say, man, I don't want this man's baby. I don't want I don't want man. I was taken advantage of. But she had my father and here's the powerful thing about it as jacked up as the situation was God had a purpose and a plan for my father and I get emotional when I when I think about this and talk about it because if my father was aborted I wouldn't be here this show wouldn't even be here I wouldn't have a family I would all of the things that God has blessed me with with literally not It would just be a fairy. It would be an it wouldn't be a reality. My father. Who was the result of a woman. Who was raped. Grew up. To be an awesome father. An awesome husband. To five beautiful children. He also went on to be the chief of the Detroit fire department. My father has saved, literally saved countless lives from burning houses. And he's a, he's an elder in the church. He's an example to other men of what a real man is, what a real man of God is. He, He he set the right example for his family and and now his children are living commendable lives and we have children. Some of us are in ministry and helping other people in life or death situations. And and I think about all of this came from a seed that according to our culture should have been aborted or the woman should have had the right to terminate him. Listen, y'all, I know, and and, and I'm just dealing with the one to 2% situation. Most abort, again, most abortions aren't the result of rape, but let's just say a young lady wants to get an abortion because she was raped. Look at the example of my father. I'm here, I'm blessed. Life is precious. And listen, though the situation was a dark situation, the God I serve knows how to bring life out of the worst situations. But a lot of times we our, our hurt and our pride and how we respond to sin, it, it makes us want to sit in the driver's seat and play God. We rather have faith in our emotions and our hurt than the God who heals and is able to bring light in the midst of dark situations and what happens is we end up making things worse. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And so I just wanted to share my testimony and my father's testimony in light of the new passing, the uh, the new law being passed in New York. You know, what I'm saying and, and I'm not saying this story to condemn any woman or or a man who has pushed a woman to get a, his abortion. I'm not, I'm not condemning you, but I do. There is, there is forgiveness and mercy in Christ Jesus. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus died for those who have gotten abortions just like he died for the liar and the murderer the homosexual and the the, the God hater and the atheist his blood covers and so there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus but you got to be in Christ Jesus and so I just wanted to share that testimony with you guys you know that God knows how to bring purpose out of the worst situations but listen We're gonna take a quick break and let's hop into the featured song for this episode by my brother, Read B Versus, called Time for Revelation, featuring B.J. Jones.
1: God has revealed himself to us all through his creation, you know what I mean? Through the trees, the seas, the birds and the bees, He lets us know that he's present to lead us to him. Yeah. God has made cognitive to our consciousness, his accomplishments astonish our consciousness. He accommodates commonness with his promises, his prominence is commonly obvious to our common sense, yet it's commonplace that we are savages, common thieves and banished to take advantage of common grace, not concentrate on his constancy, everything is consistent, I'm constantly at a constant pace, that we believe that everything he's achieved is evident when we see the evidence we receive that. and indeed he's precious, better believe his presence will never believe the heathen of the believer so the question is why question him when he's giving you easy access to get to him actually he is active in everything we do and generally speaking this revelation is general he's the general you see general revelation was not enough he specifically revealed in his world who he is Who he is, is the Son Jesus Christ who is the fullness of the Godhead bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. God is infinite, imminent, yet he's intimate. He lets us into the center of his initiative. With great precision, the prophets recorded visions and prophecies that was given. The prophetess of his written too reveal the father's love for us how he comforts and later how he would come for us he sent the comforter because we needed his company currently he's committed to cover us like a comforter Yeah, teach us who Jesus is The spirit is reaching and teaching, preaching what Jesus did How he was dead from an act of treason, the weasel did. Beaten, led up to God, the dying for me instead wow. To me he did, did. suffer, indeed he did. did It's nothing for me to give, him nothing but me instead yeah. And the scriptures depict the picture to me That says especially a special revelation that Jesus led
2: revelation.
1: Indeed it is, yeah See, now that we know that God has revealed himself in creation in general and has life. intimately revealed himself in his son it's Jesus Christ. You have now been given the invitation
3: to come closer it's to him. Time for revelation, then this life that I once lived is going away. It's time for revelation. Appetites are shaking.
0: the call? Who's on the call? Uh, Who's on the call? Who's on the call? Who's on the call? Welcome to the new segment, Who's on the Call, where I share an interview and a conversation that I've had with one of my close friends. And the purpose of this segment is to stress the importance of having close, godly friends in your life, who will hold you accountable and challenge you and encourage you to pursue the things of God. And so I want to share a quick conversation, a piece of a conversation that I had with my close friend, Douglas Rogers, AKA Reed B. Versus, where we're talking about the importance of discipleship and the importance of sitting down to grow in the Lord. And the dangers and negative effects of being a babe in Christ or a false convert, yet having great influence. And so here's a piece of our conversation. All right. So when you first when you first uh, got saved, like what was your what was your approach to, um, you know, because you talked about God saving you from pulling you out of depression. You had murderous thoughts and you, uh-uh. were, convi- you were convicted. And, and cried out to God and so now you're saved mm-hmm. you're, you're saved and now you have a desire for God's word um, to to get in the scriptures and, and begin to learn and, and, mm-hmm. and know God how did that tie into like did you want to get up immediately and start rapping or you, or were you like man I need to take time and sit down and learn the word of yeah. God Like, what I was, had to
2: learn my, my approach was I had to learn about God it, I, it, the music kind of took a back seat um I just wanted to know who God was because I it, it was a lot it was it, it was the music was too much to comprehend at that time I was I was at the time that I got saved which is interesting I I kind of um was pursuing the rap career it was for the first time in my life that I actually was really making moves to really pursue rap and then I got saved right at that time, you know what I mean. So to me, it was like, okay, it was God telling me that was the wrong way to go. So I kind of put that down, and I wanted
0: to learn everything that I want that I needed to learn about God. Okay, I so, was
2: still the okay, crazy so, so thing so let is,
0: me, okay, look, because I, I don't want to misconstrue nothing. Like I, right. I re, so so when you thought about rap, you got convicted. Like yeah, I
2: felt I felt like. I already like like the stage was where I wanted to be, and I knew what the stage represented to me. Like it to, to me, hip hop was more than just me rapping. It was like it was what I was, and I knew what it did to me, what what it made me think, how it made me feel. You know what I'm saying? So right. I knew I I knew that wasn't compatible with God. You know what I'm saying? And what I was learning in the scriptures. So that kind of like just fell to the wayside. Like, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just trying to grow in God and figure God out and, you know, study. That's really what took precedent in in my life. It really wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Music kind of took the back seat. Now, everybody knew I was rapping, and then I would still rap sometimes, you know, some of my old lyrics, and people would be like, man, you should just start rapping for God. You know what I mean? And And I would be like, nah, I don't know enough about God. Plus I know how that stage is, you know what I'm saying right. i'm really not I don't want nothing to do with
0: that you know I don't want nothing to do with it yeah see, so that, see that's that's dope to me because I feel like a lot of times we do the opposite in a lot of churches soon as a person gets saved, we just throw them on stage and they don't they don't even know nothing about what they believe yet right like, right um we don't we don't really teach the the responsibility and the weight of having a platform and a microphone in your hand right and so well, we don't
2: even we don't a lot of the times we don't even disciple so it's like right, discipleship right. that's is the just biggest goal. issue right you know what i mean like so soon as somebody gets saved is right in ministry and nah like you gotta sit down and you gotta learn you gotta learn the faith before you ever start getting up and preaching and teaching or talking to somebody about what you believe. Now, when you first get, it's natural. When you first get saved, you, you sell it. You want to tell everybody about God. You want to tell everybody what God did for you, but you need somebody to come alongside you and kind of hone that zeal and give it a direction and then teach you more about the faith. Cause you can honestly be out here talking crazy. Like when I first got saved, I was trying to tell everybody about Jesus, but I didn't know everything I, I know now.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, you just not know so it was real. Sad. I just knew I was saved So I, I I,
2: But I That's why I'm glad I wasn't That's why I'm glad that God Put it in me to make the decision Not to start rapping Because I would have been rapping All kind of stuff That I ain't know nothing about You know what I mean And then I would have had to Later Five, ten years
0: later After I didn't You know Built a following or something then, Now I gotta now, You know you, if I, Now we can't tell you nothing
2: Yeah you can't There's no way in the world You can tell me something I got thousands of people Following me You know what I'm saying So i'm just glad that god had put that in my heart to chill and then i was really scared of the stage i really knew what that stage meant to me so it was like nah i can't because i knew what i would do with it i knew it would pull it would pull me away
0: you know know no that's that's super that's dope because you know we look at paul right paul when he was converted now i look at what paul was doing before he was converted he was right. like pharisee a pharisee like he was almost in my mind this is just how i be thinking when i think about paul he was like the poster child for jews like right. he was persecuting the church you know on their end they thinking he doing the work of god you right. know and 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 he was uh a scholar he was a he was well versed in the torah you know what i'm uh-huh. saying and he knew the law it uh-huh. would have been very easy to say hey now that you're saved, just do what you were doing for Christ. Like, yeah, take that same... Yeah, don't stop. Right.
2: Just keep well, What he would have been doing, he would have been out there killing Jews. <laughs> <laughs> he would have... If, if he don't learn, if he don't sit down for a minute... Yeah. If he don't... If, if, if hold <laughs> on, quick. hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He would have. He would have just went to uh, persecuting the Jews. I mean. So he had to sit down for a minute.
0: Yeah. He had to, he had to sit out. And he sat down for like what three years?
2: Yeah, three years. Um. And then he still went in and subjected himself to, you know,
0: the apostles, the,
2: the, the, the apostles, uh, Peter, James, and, and John. So his because he because he didn't want his race to be in vain. So it was like, I mean. It's 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 a lot of humility that comes along with that. It's a lot of humility that comes along with that, and you gotta know yourself. Like I don't, I don't, it's 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 I don't, I can't fully explain why that was in my heart. You know what I mean? But I I just I just chalk it up to the grace of God and yeah. you know what I'm saying. So I
0: yeah, see that, but that's um okay. So that I hear, I don't hear a lot of conversion stories like yours um right. and and just because without me getting into the details of the leadership that you was under at that time right and stuff, maybe it was beneficial because the church that you were saving oh, yeah. was so yeah. big yeah, and,
2: yeah. He,
0: and, I, and, and he didn't just pull you in and just have yeah. you start yeah yeah that
2: that's a I think that's a you be God. Because um, I've thought about that You know what I'm saying uh, It's interesting that you bring that up Because I, I actually have thought about Maybe that was one of the reasons why uh, that The church was huge So if I had You know what I'm saying Jumped right out there Then I would have had a huge platform You yeah. know what I'm saying I think that's why God put that in me You know right. what I'm saying He kind of he kind of stopped me from ruining myself off rip Because right. it, it would have yeah, it would have. Because
0: I think that's what happens, though, with a lot of people. We try to, you know, a lot of pastors and leaders, we try to disciple people by putting them on the stage. Right. And disciple them from the stage. Like, right. And I, I'm, our flesh doesn't do well with the spotlight on it. Like, right. You know, like you talked about Paul submitting himself and humbling himself to the apostles. Like he understood, it's almost like he had he by the grace of God he understood order.
2: Yeah, and, and, and now Paul had a keen sense of himself as a sinner. You know what Man I mean? I kind of I knew that just by from the way I was thinking. You know what I mean? I knew I can go. I was nutty. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I knew. Because of, because of being in the depression and, I, and it, it humbled me. I knew where I could go mentally if I didn't have God. You know what I'm saying? And I knew that that stage can pull me away from God, and I didn't want to be in that place mentally. You know what I'm saying? So you know that's what it was like. And I think I, I knew that I had a sinful way of thinking. I knew I knew that I that I, that that it was sinful, and I think that's what. Paul knew he had actually committed murder. So he knew apart from God, apart from Jesus, he was a murderer. And he didn't, he didn't, he,
0: he, he denounced all he was to, to be in Christ. You know what I mean? So Right, right. Yeah. No, that's real, bro. I appreciate you sharing that, man, because a lot of people, you know, and I know you're, you're, as you start, prepare to release more music, you're starting to get into personal things. Uh that had that has happened in your life Uh we we didn't really get that um via your features and your first Uh ep um but me 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 being your one of your close friends like you know i've had the opportunity to hear like okay his music is evolving to him telling his story now Uh um but i knew this i knew i knew this stuff Uh um i knew i knew about your uh I knew about your testimony and all of this stuff. So I'm excited for people to hear about it. And I'm, I'm excited that my show or this show will be one of the first platforms that people get to hear this side of yeah. you. And, and, and just for everybody listening, like this is a taste of what they're going to get to hear. And, and I th- yeah. I, your your testimony fascinates me so much because I think you, you, how long have you been saved? Oh, 05 oh, 05 so
2: you so that's 14 almost 14 years almost now almost
0: 14 years and you still and and there's people out here that's been saved 20 30, 50, 25 years out of their mind and don't know <laughs> right you know right. what I'm saying because right. don't know what uh, don't, don't, don't know what they doing out here yeah so yeah. so I appreciate I appreciate you sharing man I'm I'm going to most definitely um be having you on some more because I want yeah. people to hear these conversations. Like, we talk about this all the time, but you uh, we know, talk a
2: lot, though. So, it's, lot. it's yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for where, where, where God has taken y'all Yo, and you and.
0: So that was a piece of the conversation with me and Doug, AKA Reby versus where we're, we were talking about the importance of discipleship, the importance of sitting down to grow, you know, my concern and just hear my heart real quick. My concern um, with a lot of churches is that we're creating performers and not disciples. One of the problems I think we have as the church is we help create platforms for people before they are mature enough to lead. I believe we put people in leadership based on their talents, their looks and charisma and not their fruit and maturity in the faith. And so I believe many churches are led by either talented babes in Christ or just straight up false converts, people who don't have any real foundation or root in christ and so one of the things that i've i've been observing is i believe we're in a culture of thirsty christians where we're thirsty for attention and recognition with no appetite for humility no appetite for submission to God's word and I think a lot of it has to do with how we view church according to pop pop culture versus what the Bible actually says about church you know I think we've been affected by culture more than we realize it or is even willing to admit and so I think what ends up happening is we we, we, view, we begin to view church as an event and not a community. We begin to view church as a program and not a fellowship. And so when you, you know, cause I've planned concerts, I've planned big concerts and small concerts, and there's an entertainment factor, especially when people are paying especially when people are paying money to come, you know, you're like, man, I want to make sure people enjoy themselves. Well, the problem with approaching church that way is now you're in a position where you have to intrigue and and, and please people's flesh. And so now you're in a position where you're giving people what they want versus what they need. And so I think we we end up promoting leadership that way we end up grooming people that way it's like man people don't even have time enough to get saved and seasoned in the faith before we're putting a microphone in their hand or throwing them on stage if they have the look or the sound or you know i look at how we celebrate uh celebrities and 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 secular artists who have a track record of glorifying the devil and glorifying the things of this world. But the moment they say, Christ, Oh man, he's a believer. Now, like we don't even give it time. We don't give people time to actually show their fruit. And so I want to look at something real quick in the scriptures, because I think one of the problems is we're we're, when we don't allow people to come into the fullness of their faith, The foundation that they're building on now is their egos their pride a spirit of competition selfish ambitions and we try to spin it as hey man we're doing this to the glory of God and so when we look at James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4 this is so important and I'm and I'm dealing with the importance of sitting down to grow it says count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect. Now where it says, and let steadfastness have its full effect in the King James, it says, let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so, when it says, "Let steadfastness has have its full effect," or "Let let patience have her perfect work," what is it talking about? It's talking about the importance of experience. Because here's one thing I've learned about experience: experience separates those who are qualified for the position or job from those who are not qualified for the position and job. Time, time reveals what is in us, whether it's good or bad. But the problem of what's happening a lot of times in a lot of our churches and in and the Christian community is the moment someone comes in from the world and they begin to profess Christ we just and they' and they're a talented creative in the sense of rapping dance or singing or a musician we immediately push them up front before they've even had time to let patience have her perfect work in their life. And so now these people are in a position where they have to grow from the stage. They have to grow from a mature platform, even though their spirituality isn't mature. And here's one thing I've learned. When you give a baby or an immature person too much power, before time, they're not mature enough to handle it. You can't tell them nothing. You can't tell them what to do. You know, You know. I have a one-year-old and, and even my five-year-old, like when I let them play with something or I see them playing with something that they shouldn't have been playing with and maybe they had it for a long time and, and in their mind, they're like, since mommy and daddy didn't say nothing, I can play with it now. When it comes time for me to take it from them they they cop a fit like yay even though they recognize me as the authority because they've had that position or they've had that possession in their grasp now even the authority that they should be submitting to they're pushing back on and then that's where discipline has to come in versus if, if I would have just caught them before they even got their hands on it, then it probably wouldn't have been as worse of a blow-up. And so when the scripture says, let patience have her perfect work, it's speaking of maturing and allowing time to show you your maturity. You know, when, when we first got saved, You know, whenever somebody first gets saved or they go down to the altar and they're crying out to God and saying, God, I love you. I surrender it all. I surrender everything. I'll do anything for you. And then when life starts coming with curveballs and tragedy or uh, chaos and just mayhem in our lives. We're like, man, I don't even know what I believe anymore. And we find that, man, I really didn't have a I wasn't as strong in the Lord or committed as I thought I was. I was just caught up in the moment. But over time, you see where your roots are or 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 over time, you see how solid your foundation really is in the Lord. And so the scripture is saying, let time, let patience have her perfect work in your life and produce steadfastness and so what I think is happening in a lot of our churches is we're we're putting immature or people who aren't truly even saved yet in positions of authority and they're beginning to shape the theology and the ideologies of our churches because these are the people that we see up before us you know we see the we see the musician clubbing every weekend and smoking and getting high. We see we see the praise and worship leader uh, shacking with her boyfriend or shacking with his girlfriend. We we see we see the lifestyle outside of the stage and, and and then we see the performance in church and we equate that to oh, this is what it means to be a Christian. And so the seed or you can only produce after your own kind. So because of our churches are led by talented babes in Christ or false converts, our churches become made up of babes in Christ and false converts. And so in James, he's saying, man, we have to give it time. Give people time. You know, in in the um." episode before last where i played the interview of lisa gunger where she was sharing how her and her husband walked away from the faith you begin to see that man they should have never been put in that position in the first place like they should have been somewhere learning and growing in the word before they ever had a microphone in their hand they shouldn't they shouldn't have even been hired as worship pastors because you see in the interview that they never really had a true foundation in the Word of God their, their Christian experience was based off of what they heard other people tell them and, and it was based around emotionalism and not true faith rooted in Christ and so I think this is what's happening in a lot of our churches is is we're, we're propelling people in positions of, of authority and they have no true root and so when I looked at Paul you know you heard me mention Paul when, when in the conversation with Doug it would have been very easy for Paul to just start jump up and start preaching as soon as he became a Christian because I would imagine that he was a talented teacher he was an example on the other side before he became a Christian and so This is what we do, though, in the church. We put people up and then they become the examples. And then when the Christians who are mature in the faith come along and start saying, hey, man, I don't think this is right. I don't think we should be playing Drake during our youth services because it blurs the line like not the per the Christian. When the Christian who's mature in the word comes along, now that that per- that Christian is being legalistic. Or that Christian is being legalistic and he's being too deep. Because what it means to be a Christian has been watered down. And here's the reality. A lot of times we don't care. We don't care that our praise and worship leaders and our pastors aren't really living the lifestyle. We don't care that the choir director is gay. We don't care that the musicians are sleeping with the women in the church and they're coming to church smelling like weed and drunk. We don't care. We we really don't. Because here's the thing, they're talented. And the show must go on. This is why I asked last episode, have we made music and entertainment greater than sound doctrine? And so we've and so we've made it about the, sh- the performance and the show of church. And so we have talent, but we don't have the anointing. The Bible lets us know it is the anointing that destroys the yokes. The anointing is the power and wisdom of God. But because we have esteemed or valued talent more than the power of God, people aren't, people are coming to our churches and they're not being saved. They're not being delivered. They're not being healed. And so we create a culture or a church that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof emotionally driven experiences striving to emulate or imitate a authentic move of God but it's just pure emotion the spirit of God isn't moving and this is why, you know, you go on Facebook and you see all of these church videos of people just shouting and doing crazy stuff. And, you know, and there's no God in it. Dance competitions in the middle of a service who can who can shout the best. Why why, why don't people if why aren't you shouting in the back of the church where you don't have an audience? Do do that. And I might consider that your shout is is genuine why 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 people got to be able to see you if you're really dancing unto the lord but that's another i don't want to get off base but listen there is a blessing in sitting down there is a blessing in you know jesus said don't be as the pharisees who who pray in the open and make these elaborate speeches so they can be seen of men he says when you go to your when you, but when you pray he says but when you pray go to your father in secret go to your prayer closet which is in secret and the father who sees you in secret will reward you openly he says the Pharisees they have their reward they're praying to be seen of men that's their reward and so I don't know about you I don't want my reward to be from men I don't want my reward to be the applaud of men I want it to come from God you can't desire vain glory and God's glory at the same time amen But make sure you guys go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Check out all the music and visuals and content. And make sure you leave your prayer requests and questions and suggestions for future shows. Thank you. You have been tuned in to the Path of Revelation show. And this is where the culture meets scripture.